are we allowed to wield the power that God has given us? And, you know, religiously, well, God's the only one that has power. Well, yeah, but he gave it to us. He said, you know, he gave it through Christ Jesus. God has given us all power, dominion, and authority. So why are we not utilizing? And, you know, I looked up all in the Greek and the Hebrew, and the word means all. So if we're not seeing the power that we want to see, if we're not seeing the changes that we want to see, what's going on? And so I just, a couple of scriptures here just to make sure we're okay. For God gave us a spirit of fear, but, but not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. And Colossians says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Acts says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you will be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, and then there's more. But just take my word for it. We're supposed to wield the power that God has given us. But we sometimes don't do so. So we're going to talk a little bit about how do we do that? And how can we see different things in our life? Creating the warrior mind. And, you know, the war is not of other people. We're not warring against other people. We war against prince, principalities, and powers of darkness. We war truthfully against ourselves. We war, we war about what's going on in our brain, this thinking, thinking that's going on. Where did that come from? Why am I thinking those thoughts, even when they don't benefit me? Why am I doing those things, even when they don't benefit me? And I know they don't benefit me, but I do them anyway. All right, we'll put up our little charts. We're a three-part being. We've got the Holy Spirit in us because we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we've got everything in us. God is living in us. We've got all power, dominion, and authority in us. However, we have this little filter of our soul. And, you know, 50% of what we believe was programmed in us before we were even born. Neuroscience teaches us that 50% of the stinking thinking came before we were even born. born. Curses are passed from generation to generation. And all of a sudden, you come out and you're 50% programmed all, all, already. And everything's not beneficial to you. Then by the time you're eight years old, you're 80% programmed. And you haven't even had a chance to shield against these, these thoughts that aren't truth. You just receive them as a truth and you put them in your heart. And we know how important the heart is because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And the word issues means boundaries. So if you want to know what's limiting you in your life, it's what you believe in your heart. You can say over and over again through repetitions, uh, I'm, I'm the righteousness of Christ, the head and not the tail. But if it's not in your heart, you're not going to see it in your life. So that's the key is getting what we have in our brain lined up with what's in our heart. So we have this thing called the soul or the mind, will, and emotions. We think, we feel, and then we act. And then <laughs> the soul's job is what the soul does is just transfer how we feel, how we think, and how we act into our body. You know, if you're thinking, feeling, and acting in a place that gives you dis-ease inside, your body's just going to manifest disease, and you're going to be sick all the time. 
Why? Because your body is in disease. It's not in alignment. It's not at peace. And when you're not, when you're not at peace, your job, the body's job is to say, okay, let me show you something. You're sick right now because there's something in your head and your heart that are not aligned up. Something's not lined up. So that's all the body does. So if you're always sick, let's go get, in, it's a soul issue. What are we focusing on? What are we thinking on that's getting us this sick condition? Well, it's my DNA. Well, no, let's, let's, not, let's not go there because we can turn on and off genomes based on our thoughts. If we get in a place of peace, love, and joy, cancer doesn't exist. All of a sudden, the genome gets turned off for cancer. This is what science has proven. But if we want to believe we're a victim, we are. See, there are no victims in the body of Christ as willing participants. Everyone here is powerful. But if you decide you're not powerful, or if you create an excuse because you don't want to change, that's your reality, even though it's not the truth. And that's what we've got to get, that we are not lining up with the truth. And in the world right now, things are really messed up. And it's time for us to die to self and go ahead and do the things that are hard so that we can go ahead and become the salt and the light on this earth. As it gets darker, we get brighter. Or we start to look like the earth. It's our call. What do we want to do? Do we want to be the brightness and the light that everybody comes to? Or do we just want to go around and make sure we're accepted by the world? Boy, I sure hope they like me. Sure hope I, they, they get along with me. I'll just say the things they say. And that's not our job right now. This is, in my opinion, getting near end time. And right now it's time for us to stand up and go from technon, which is children in Christ, we're all saved, yahoo, to huios, sons of God. And all creation groaneth for the manifestation of the sons of God. They need us. They need us to grow up. They need us to get rid of this earthly stuff and become who we're supposed to be. All right? So, we have holy fear power. Here's a little nerd. Potential energy equals mass times gravity times height. Kinetic energy is one-half mv squared. Uh, there's a quiz after this, so I want you guys paying attention. See, potential energy is just the potential. It's nothing if you don't apply it. See, but you have to apply it. That's kinetic energy. That's energy in motion. So the only way to achieve or release the power of the Holy Spirit is movement and growth. Here's the thing that we tend to do as a people. We tend to seek comfort. Comfort kills success. Comfort kills success. I'm at peace in all situations and in all circumstances, but I'm not comfortable because I got to keep growing. And growth is not comfortable. You got to rock your box, man. It's time to get uncomfortable and become who you're meant to be. But a lot of times we'll find a place where we're comfortable, comfortable and we'll stay there. And, you know, they say comfort is a rut or a grave with no front or back. We've got to understand that we're putting ourselves in that grave because we're seeking comfort instead of seeking the kingdom and who we're supposed to be. 
And now I would say any questions, but I forgot we're in, we're in church, so I can't say any questions. I guess church rules. All right. You see, you think your mind, you act, your will, and you feel your emotions become your personality, your soul, or your personal reality. So basically, <laughs> we're saying what you got now what you're seeing in your life now, you did it. But the cool thing is you can change it. You see, because if, if you didn't do it and you're a victim, then you can't change it. But if you did do it, and this is what you believe you should see in your life, but you really think you should be seeing better things in your life, now you can change it. But your personal reality, all it is, is just, it's just showing you this is what your heart believes. This is what your heart believes. This is what your heart is telling you it believes there. And if you don't like it, okay, I got that. I don't like that. Okay, let's start changing it. Let's start changing what our heart believes because when we start changing what our heart believes, then our personal reality will change and our personality will change. Does that make sense? Well, let's see if it's scriptural. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, your personal reality, prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Why do they have to put that in there? Even as your soul prospers. See, if you want to know where your soul's at, look at your reality. Look at what you got in your life. That's where your soul is at. And you can change it. So you change our reality, we must change and grow our soul. And to change our soul, we must change our mind, will, and emotions, or think, act, and feel differently towards circumstances and things in life. Simply, if we change our soul, we change our personal reality. Do we think we can do that? All right, well, we're going to get into some tools so that we can actually start to do it in our life. Or what we can do is we can leave, forget about what I said, said, good message, that was a good message. What did, he, what did he say? I don't know, something about. Or we can actually start applying some of this to our life. I mean, how many times do you just know, well, I felt good, so it must have been a good message. But I really don't know what he said. Because, you know, you, you'll go home and the wife will quiz you on it, and you're like, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but it was good. So how do we cre create neuroscience? Thought sends a signal to the unseen realm. It's an electrical signal, goes to the a thought. A thought is an, an electrical signal. You know, everything, axons, dendrites, they all work on electricity. Feeling. Now, it brings the event, the situation, the thing, positive or negative, back to you. So. You're thinking a thing like, I really want to see this happen in my life, something good. I really want that new car. We'll just say it, a tactile thing. But in your heart, you're saying, but I don't deserve it. I shouldn't receive it. It's not going to happen to me. There's too many bad things that could happen. And guess what? You're right. You created it because that's what you believed in your heart. So the thought is sent out electrically, but the, the heart is what retrieves magnetically what you see in your life. 
So, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you ever want to do something fun, <laughs> if you ever want to do something fun, record yourself for an hour. I did that. That was not good. I was like, I know all this stuff, and I'm saying these terrible curses on myself? Record yourself. Then you'll know what you believe in your heart. Right? So, so it's an electromagnetic signal. You can actually measure the heart. The Hartfels Institute did a study, and you can actually measure the power of the heart through a magnemometer. Now, a magnemometer will actually tell you, and it's, the magnemometer shows that in EMF waves, electromagnetic waves, it's 500 times more powerful than the, than the brain. So what you believe in your heart is what you're going to see. Brain is not what you're going to see. The brain's just an organ. It's not you. It's just an organ. And you can program it and reprogram it just by hooking up new axons and dendrites or capturing each thought and holding it up to the glory of God just so we get some Christian words in there. So everybody goes, I don't know what he's saying. It sounds kind of weird. Well, oh, well, yeah, that's true. Amen. I want to make sure I don't leave anybody because your job right now is to find a reason why this is not true so you don't have to change. Your job right now is to make sure that I said something wrong or I misquoted a scripture or something because then you don't have to change because then you can throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, well, but you know, he messed that scripture up so I'm to dismiss everything he said because I don't want to change. Change is hard. I just want to live in comfort. I want to stay right where I am. It's everybody else's fault. Action, we act as if we, we act as if and stay in gratitude and celebrate for the greatest part of the day. Greatest energy wins. If you can stay in a place of celebration for a thing that you're trying to create, your life, the thing you're trying to see in your life, and you celebrate as if prayer, supplication, and celebration, thanksgiving, and you're celebrating, well, as far as everything is concerned out there in the unseen realm, you already received it. He must have received it. He's celebrating. His heart is celebrating. He must really think he's got it. You know what? Give it to them because they already think they got it. That's why celebration is so important. It's that emotional contact that when you release the emotion of, yes, that I know I'm celebrating. How many times have you done that? When you just know something is right, I just know that I know. And because you know that you know, it becomes so, right? I just know that I know. But why do we just know that I know so few times? And especially when it benefits us, why do we just know that we know? Well, why don't we just know that we know? Well, we're remembering all the stuff we did wrong and all the reasons why we shouldn't and how we're not very religious and, you know, all the things we did and mom said and dad said. But that's all a lie because you are sinless in God's eyes. Sinless. You know, it's so funny, and this is off the subject, but we, the, the, the uh, definition of sin in the Old Testament was offense against God. 
I think the word was chata. But the, in, in the New Testament, it's hermantano, which just means, you know, missing the mark, not receiving the prize. All right, you miss the mark. No big deal. What do you do? You repent. Repent. What does that mean? Think a new way. Let's try it again. Let's stand up. Let's wipe off. And let's give it another shot. But how many times as Christians, when we miss the mark, we go, oh, I'll never do it. No, no, I'm just an old sinner. I just, I'm just never going to change. I'm never going to. And you're right. Because you quit. There is no failure in the body of Christ until you quit. We all learn in business. You know, I've helped people start over 400 and some businesses. And you, you learn each time you start a business, you learn a new way. You learn something new. So you never failed. You just learn something new and you continue to grow and start another business and do another thing. But you don't quit. The only time you fail is when you quit. Okay, so these actions performed over and over become your personal personality or your personal reality. Must have a clear intention and elevated emotions. When you're actually doing this creation stuff, you got to have a clear intention and, a, and, a, and an elevated emotion. You know exactly what you want it to look like. You see yourself in that future with that relationship, with that new house, with that uh, new church, with that new ministry, and you see yourself there, and then you do the cool and the key, feel it. Now, when you feel it, it can be. When you can feel yourself in that place, when you can feel the celebration of yourself in that place, when you know that you know when tears are running down your face, it's going to happen. But know this, as soon as you start to feel it and you start to play this game of I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it for God's glory, you're going to get attacked. What gets attacked? Identity. Every time. Who are you to? Don't you know all the things you did? Who are you to do this? Who are you to do that? And it'll bring up the enemy will bring up a nice Rolodex of all the times you missed the mark, right? There it is, and again, and again, and again, right? And you bring, it brings it all up. But you know what's cool is that he did the same thing to Jesus. Jesus is tired. He's 40 days in the desert. He's been fasting. And then here comes Satan. If you be the son of God... Right? If you be. This is Jesus. If you be the son. He's challenging his identity because he's getting ready to step into purpose. Every time you get ready to step into purpose, your identity's challenged. Get emotional here. Because this is a truth that I want you to get. Every time you get ready to step into the thing you're called to do, your identity is going to be challenged. Now, you can listen to the Rolodex, or you can say, thank you, Satan. I know you wouldn't attack me if I'm not right on track. So thanks for the confirmation, 
because you're getting a little nervous about me stepping into my purpose because what he doesn't want is a bunch of Christians on purpose. Because when Christians are on purpose, we're like this giant cog, this wheel, and each little cog is somebody's purpose, and the Holy Spirit is the grease, and we all work together to change everything. Because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom. So that's what dying to self is all about. So let's, what does Habakkuk say? Habakkuk 2.2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain. The word vision is chazan, which means dream, and make it plain, which means explain in detail upon tables that he may run that readeth it. So, Christians, when you have a purpose, when you have a vision, when God's given you something, write it down. And don't just write it down. Write it down in detail. You know what we call this in business? A business plan. Oh, but I don't want a business plan because that's hard work. Yeah, I know. Now it's time to die to self and get yourself a business plan. But, but can't you just, can't I just get somebody to invest in it that they'll do? No. There's no growth in that for you. I don't know who told us it's supposed to be easy going through this life. We've got 80% programming that's got to get changed so that we can walk as sons and daughters of God. So we got work to do. we got a lot of work to do. And the greatest thing is when we're all trying to do it, we all work together as one. We can help each other through this thing. We don't judge each other through this thing. We help each other. We say, well, you know, I was just going through that, and I had that same thing happen to me, and here's what I did. Oh, I'm not alone anymore. Isn't that a great gift when you're not alone anymore? When you know that somebody else just went through it a moment ago, and then you can help that person that's going through it right behind you because they've decided they're going to grow too. They've decided, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to step into the purpose this is off it too, but don't ever let somebody tell you that you can't make health, wealth, prosperity, shalom in purpose. That's where, purpose, where shalom is laid up, is in purpose, the thing you were called to do. And it may be a thing that no one else could make money in in the world but you, and that's okay. Because he made you uniquely just for that thing. And then you get all your helpers telling you every reason why. Well, I knew a guy that tried that once and he failed miserably. Thank you, Mom. They're just trying to keep you safe. But the point is, if you know that you know you're supposed to do a thing, shalom is laid up there. What is shalom? Health, wealth, prosperity, peace, joy, nothing missing, nothing lacking. He laid it up. Christians, he lays it up in the place he wants you, not in the place you want to be. Oh, why am I getting the same thing over? Because you're in the wilderness. Here's some manna. Shut up. You, wanna, you don't want to grow? You don't want to step into the promised land? Here's a little manna. That's what you get. Just enough to get by. Well, yeah, and you're right. Paycheck comes Friday, and I'm you know, broke by Monday. That's wilderness walking. But in the thing you're called to do, you never work a day in your life because you love it so much 
and shalom is laid up there and the wealth overtakes you because you ain't pursuing it. You don't pursue wealth. Wealth is a fruit of purpose. It's a fruit of purpose. That's all it is. It's just saying, yep, you're right on target. And you don't even care. You just want to know where do I direct it? Where do I, where, God, where does it go? Because your stuff, where do, I, where do you want me to put it? It's not about you. Well, I better get on my notes again. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, protect, and guard your hearts and minds. So we're supposed to stay in peace. You know, how many times have you got a thing and you know God said that's the thing and then you start to try to force it? I'm going to help you out, God. Well, thanks a lot, Abraham. Appreciate Ishmael. But I didn't need your help. You were going to have Isaac. And we know how that's playing out right now in Israel. We got Isaac and Ishmael, Israel, I mean, Isaac and Ishmael still fighting. Because we want to help them out. We want to force a result instead of waiting patiently for the exact right, as Ben would say, the exact right Kairos time. When all the things come together in God's time. Kairos time. Not Kronos time. Kairos time. Okay. I hope I'm not leaving you behind. This is examples of creating with the heart. Hebrews, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, piercing even the dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. How many have heard of Dr. Emoto? All right, we got some people that have read some stuff. Good. He uh, he did a he did a, these experiments uh, with. Uh, words and, and, and like love and he would freeze the water crystals and love looked like that. Hate looked like the brown one there, the word hate, and thank you looked like that. And he did they say he'd play music with it, he'd do it over and over. He did one where the prayer of a water source beforehand, it was a polluted water source. Let me get to it was that after prayer, the same water source looked like that. How much power do we have? Just from prayer. And then he did a few more things. These are just little things like Mozart's symphony is beautiful. Imagine, love, that's before prayer. I showed you that one. Peace, thank you, I will kill you. You know, we have our, our youth do this in the, in the children's classes where they'll actually take an apple or rice and they'll put them in the jugs, into jars, and on one of them, they've written nasty words on it. You know, I hate you. you, you despise, I despise you. And then I have the kids go around the, the table and, and just yell at us, right? You're the ugliest rice I ever had. I hate you, right? And the other one 
They're giving love to, oh, you are the greatest rice. Oh, you fill me so much. Then we come back a week later, and you'll see the one that you've cursed and told terrible things to looks all moldy, brown, and terrible. The other one almost looks like it just came out of the pot. These are good ways to show the children how powerful words are because how much are we made of water? 80%. What are we saying to other people? What are we saying to our children? What are we saying to ourselves? If, if our words, through, because of what we really feel in our heart, changes water this way, what do we have the ability to really do? Pretty powerful stuff. Now, biochemists don't believe it, that it can work this way, but they do the testing, it works over and over and over again, just like quantum physicists showed them that we create our reality, but regular Newtonian chemists did not want to, or physicists didn't want to believe it. But that's the way it works. We create the reality we live in. That's just the way it is. All victims must leave because there is no victims. You did it. You can change it. You did it. You can change it. All we have to do is grab a hold and capture each thought and hold it up to the glory of God. Make sense? I don't mean to be so hard, but I want you to be mad at me because maybe you know, I'll show you. Okay, good. Show me. I like that. The Heart Health Institute, study on creating what, what, when we have a clear intention and an elevated emotion. All right, this is what they did. 20 praying Christians assembled in a room with three vials of blood. Uh, they asked... I'm going to have to get my glasses on. They asked to think of the DNA in the blood as unwinding for 30 minutes. And the first time they did this, they just thought about it. It's unwinding, it's unwinding. No change. So they said, all right, now I want you 20 Christians asked to feel gratitude for 30 minutes in the room with the blood and direct it toward the blood and the DNA. But no change in the DNA. Finally, they asked to see the DNA unwinding and then giving thanks and celebrating the unwinding, and 25% of the DNA was found to be unwound in the three vials. Just by the celebration, the fact that your heart was now involved, when they did that, the DNA started to unwind. How much power do you have? You know, the problem is we give medical science too much power. They say something, we go, well, that's truth, that's it. It's not truth until you say that's it. Well, you have cancer, that's it. Pancreatic, you're dead. I'll give you 15 minutes. No. Thank you for sharing. No. I'm the boss of me. I create my own reality. I don't care what you say. I'm going to focus on my body being clear and clean, and I'm going to do that from a place of peace, joy, and love, and I'm going to turn off that genome for cancer. What? Yeah. They don't want to hear that. There's no money in, in healthy people. There's no money in people that don't have cancer. There's, that's why they want to keep you in fear. 
and keep you in stress because stress releases cortisol, which creates cancer in your body. Can you be in peace, joy, and love? Can you choose that? And I see we, everything is a choice. All these things are just circumstance. They're not real until we apply a meaning to them. As soon as we say that's what that means, we're right. Does that make sense? All right. Key number one to creation, clear intention and elevated emotion. We said it. Brain sends out electrical thought signals and the heart sends out EMP, electromagnetic waves. But this works both ways. If you think of something terrible in your life and you really know it's going to come and something bad things happen in threes, right? So if you had one bad thing and you believe in your heart bad things happen in threes, get ready for two more. Oh, but you just did it. You did it by your belief in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You did it. So let's stop some of those things. Let's stop believing some of those things that are just old wives' tales. And then we'll get to two. Creating. It's not about you. <laughs> Key to wealth with no anxiety or fear of anything is it's not about you. Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, they, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feed them, and ye not much, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? I wish I could do that. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. They, they toil not, and neither do they spin. We must get in our hot heart that God is our provider. Each person that's stepping into wealth, every person, I'm going to tell you Christians, here it is. When you get ready to step into wealth in your life and you know it, get ready for the little test. And the test is, do you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Can I trust you with all this wealth you're getting ready to step into? Guess what? I am your provider. You know, we in 2008 lost like $17 million, something like that. And every month we had a nut for $70,000 that we had to make. Because I had, I was, you know, building dinner theaters and I had two houses being built in Paradise Valley and all this stuff. And they pulled all the loans. And here we are, <laughs> flat busted and disgusted. And by the way, my wife the whole time said, we got to sell, we got to sell, we got to sell, we got to sell. And I was like, what do you know, woman? I know what I'm doing here. I am making us great wealth. You sit back and clean something. <laughs> well, <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. But I... I I learned a lesson about the sexy voice of the Holy Spirit, my wife, that every business decision I make now, whether she understands it totally or not, I make with her. And if we're in agreement, we do it. And even if it's wrong, it's going to get blessed because we're in agreement. But if we're not in agreement, it's not going to be good. So I knew what I was doing, $17 million later, oh my God, I was hurting. 
But every month, somehow, through consulting, through this, through that, I made $70,000. Somehow, we paid the bills. Some, well, in 13 months, I finally went, and I remember it well, wow, God is my provider. It took me 13 months. I'm not brilliant, you know. It took me a while. Moment I said that, all of a sudden, this other company, boom, from Australia, can we merge with you? Here's a bunch of money. We want to represent all your patents in the oil industry. And here's a job, and here's more money. Why? Because I trusted in the Lord. Because I knew that he was my provider. I am not my provider. And I won't be tossed by the winds and the waves. I don't care what's going on out there. I know God's got me. So, before you step into the great wealth, and I know some other people that are going through that right now, it's, you're just getting a little trial. Get it quicker than I did. 13 months is a long time. Get it that he is your provider, that he's the one that's going to get you the wealth you need and the wealth that he wants into the kingdom because he can trust you with it. He knows you'll listen to the Holy Spirit and bring it where he wants it to be brought. Make sense? Okay. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I, being a nerd, translated this in the Greek to find out what did it really mean, because it means in the now. There's only one time that faith works. When is it? See, you guys are so smart. It doesn't say now, comma, faith, does it? It says now faith. It's the only kind of faith we got is now faith. If you have faith for something in the future, that's hope, which means assurance. But if you have, the only time you can wield true faith is now, lined up with who? I am. He's not I was, he's not I will be, he's I am. So when we're in the now moment, we're in alignment with Papa God to wield the power he has. So in the now, belief makes up the essence or building blocks of things expected and is proved by the appearance of matter not previously seen by the naked eye. Your belief in your heart creates. That's what the word says. That's what quantum physics says. I won't get into that. We ain't got enough time. So how do I get myself into this now moment? Just tools. Learn to meditate. And let me get my glasses. Take the attention off of you. Put it on God and his endless possibilities he has laid up for you in the unseen. You know, that's what we, we, we know he's laid all this stuff up. Seen, you know, he's created everything, seen and unseen. But he loves us so much that he says, I'm going to let you guys create too. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to pull from the unseen into the scene. This is all the stuff I've laid up for you. I want you to be like me. But the word that he did was bara. He created from nothing. But he lets us, asa, create from that which is already there. And all we got to do is pull it in. How much stuff has he laid up for you that you haven't put it, pulled into reality yet? That is there for you to pull in. He just wants you, he wants you abundant because it magnifies him. Says he's going to magnify you so you can magnify the Lord. Be great. Stop settling for mediocrity. Be great. 
And you know, you'll say, well, I can't hang out with people if I'm great because they won't want to hang out with me. No, 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 what you've done is laid pavement so that they say, if he can be great, I can be great. If she can be great, I can be great. Don't settle for less. Because it's not about you. All right. What time is it? Is there a clock up there? Oh, I still got 15 minutes. Wow. All right. I'll keep going. Open your heart. When you stay in gratitude and peace, you will see it open your heart in a, in, in a place of love, peace, and joy with celebration and gratitude. And the proverb says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Now people will say flow, but the word doesn't mean flow. It's tatsah, which means boundaries or source. So your source of life is what you believe in your heart. What you believe in your heart, that's your source. That's what, that's what you're going to see in your life. Now you are creating what God wants you to see in your life. In your life. So, well, meditation's kind of new age, kind of weird, kind of weird. Well, you know, Jesus meditated 23 times. So he was kind of weird, kind of strange. You have to, you have to get quiet. You have to shut off this thinking, thinking. You got to get quiet and be one with God. He'd go out and meditate in the garden and talk to Papa. I mean, that's how I do it in the morning. I start my day sitting on Papa's lap. I want to, you know, go up to heaven, sit with Papa, and co-create your day. What? Yeah, how about you and God together create your day? You say, this is what I think I'm going to see today, God. Why don't we do it together? Because that's what he wants. He only created us for one reason, to walk into the cool of the garden, to hang out with him, and it's the only thing we don't have time to do. Oh, I got stuff to do. I got all the stuff to do. I can't, I, sorry, I can't just sit there for a half hour with God. I, ain't got, I got stuff I got to do. And we get all these little sea things done in our daytimer, and we don't do the one thing we were created to do, which is hang out with him. So we've got to change our routines a little bit. We've got to make sure we start the day with Papa God. Sit on his lap. Be with him. So, keys to meditation. Take the attention off of you. Take the attention off the environment. Take the attention off of time. Be now. That's the hardest thing. Being now. Because your brain's telling you all these things you got to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, what about, oh, I'm a regret of that. Oh, why did I do that? Why did I do it? No, 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 no. Now. Now's pretty good. Hey, there's no problems in now. I like now. God lays in. He's in now. I'm going to hang out now. And if you can string enough now moments together, wow, what a day you'll have. Can you actually be with somebody in the now moment shaking their hand without looking over them to see who the next person walking down the aisle is? And I'm going to tell you, people feel that. They know you're not with them. They know you're not now. 
You can now become aware, awakened. You are now conscious. This is meditation, to become familiar. The word meditation just means to become familiar with. It's mentioned Jesus meditated 23 times in the Bible, 19 times it was measured, just in Psalm, mentioned in Psalms. So if you're real religious, it's cool. You can do it. But you're not doing it some Dalai Lama or nothing like that. You're hanging out with God. You're hanging out with Jesus. That's what you're doing. You're getting quiet and shutting this brain off for a moment to be in now. See, we're, we are so busy being human doings instead of human beings. We've forgotten how to be. This quietness creates order and balance in you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He brings order to chaos. Now you give him permission to work in your life. Holy Spirit has always brought order to chaos, am I right? He's hovering over the earth and God says, let there be, boom, order to chaos. And I'm not gonna get into entropy. I want to scare you guys. But that's what he always does, brings order to chaos. And if you can get quiet and hang out in the now moment with the Holy Spirit, you'll bring order to chaos. That's our job. So, what did that say? Your focus is now broader and you can start to become more spirit being than matter being. See, in Chrono's time, it's all about matter. It's all about 3D world. But in, in, in Cairo's time, it's all, about, it's all about God. It's all about um, the spiritual realm, where we're really meant to be. We have a body, but that's just so we can walk around on this planet. But that's not who we are. We're in the world, not of the world. Right? And keep on making sure I say Christian phrases so I can get some amens every now and then. All right, good. How did I get programmed this way? <laughs> why, why did this happen to me? Well, when you're creating, <laughs> the stronger the emotion you feel, the more you pay attention to its supposed cause. Once you're paying attention to what's causing it, the brain takes a picture, a snapshot of the event, and embosses it into your brain. You know, mom and dad are arguing about money again. Boom, picture, because they're really arguing about it. Oh, money is bad. Why can I not receive wealth in my life? Because money is bad. What are you, crazy? And see, so your subconscious, your heart, is trying to keep you safe. So it's making sure you understand. Remember remember back then when they were arguing all the time? Money is bad, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, money is bad. No, no, keep it away from me. And you don't even know you're doing it. Here's something. One of the hardest things I had to learn how to do was receive. Here's a breakthrough. When somebody's trying to get you something, here's the breakthrough. Thank you. Ta-da! Just receive. Thank you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I don't need that. I'm fine. I don't want that. God's trying to get you something. You keep saying no. Thank you. And then God could bless them for doing what he told them to do. Don't be a blessing blocker. 
See, if you want to think of it that way, you're blocking the blessing God's trying to get to someone else because they're trying to get you something they were told to get you. Thank you. And when you start to learn how to receive and say thank you, watch how much more stuff comes into your life that you can receive. And thank you is the word again, the two words again. Thank you. Now, this picture, every time you think about it and see it, creates the same emotion you experienced in the event of your life. With that emotion, you create the same chemicals being given off by the hypothalamus, and your body becomes addicted to that chemical and the emotion in which produces it. This addiction to the chemical of negative thought ignites and turn your DNA that causes disease in your body. Your immune system is repressed and not working right because all your energy is being used for fight or flight. That's for any nerds that want to know what happened. But you actually become chemically addicted to that thought pattern that the hypothalamus releases neuropeptides that key lock into your cells and you start to vibrate at a certain frequency and based on that, it's a fear, lack, and worry frequency. Somewhere you don't want to be. Wow, you're always afraid. Why are you always so afraid? Why? Well, because I listen to CNN. I'm petrified all the time. Constantly negative news. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. CNN. You become programmed positively or negatively. See, you can reprogram yourself to your response can be that of the correct response that God would want to see. You can reprogram because you can become addicted to things like oxytocin, the chemical that releases that heals your body. When you're in peace, joy, and love, you become addicted to that. Then your, your response is just naturally the right one. But we're, as a people in stress. 70% of the time we're in stress. We live our life in stress. So we create cortisol in our body. So what do we get the end result of cortisol when your mind, will, and emotions are all messed up? Dis-ease. We did it. But we can change it. How did I get programmed? People may say, why are you this way? So negative, so sad, always looking at the downside. So judgmental because of what happened 20, 30, 40 years ago when you were a little kid. But you remembered it. It's in your heart. And that's just the way you show up. University studies from Harvard and Stanford have proven that 50% of the event is not even what happened. 50% of the event that you remembered and recalled is not even what happened. But you need the drug. You need that chemical release. So you're just remembering it the way you got to remember it so that chemical can be released because you're addicted to it. 50%. That's a big number. We could say a person is reliving the memory of a terrible event in their life that never really happened that way. At this point, the body is believing you are living in a past 24-7, 365 days of the week, and you keep getting what you always got, and it becomes a habit. And I'm not going to go through stress. I already talked about that. So how does this work? If you think about 90% of the same thoughts from one day to another, then you will create the same tomorrow you had today. That's the important thing. 
If you keep doing the same things and keep thinking the same ways, you're going to keep having the same tomorrow that you had yesterday. Does that make sense? So you got to change something. But I don't want to change something because that's what? Oh, uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. That's okay. That's what we're here to do is get rid of that stuff. Parents, we're here to get rid of it so we can be curse breakers so our kids don't have to go through it. Right? So if we can't do it for ourselves, let's do it for the generations behind us. Our job is to lay pavement for them so that they can ride on smooth road. I want to get to the exercise because we've got to wind it up. When your heart beats in sync with your brain, uh, that's oxytocin. I just want to get through this. Here's what we have. We have a vision and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You get new thoughts. New thoughts. That's an electric. With new choices, new actions and behaviors, new experiences, new feelings, a new state of being. Your love of life must be greater than your fear of death. So many of us are in a place of fear of death. We're afraid. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Oh, love life. Let's focus. Let's get our focus changed. Exercise. Now, this is their exercise for home. Let's see. I think maybe 2% will do it. No, and you're right. See, somebody should have caught me on that. All right. On a sheet of paper, write five steps or things that need to be completed in your life to achieve your better self in the future. You gotta see yourself there. And what do you feel when you have achieved that place? When you're in that place, what does it feel like? What does that feel like? In this now moment, what does that feel like? The moment you do this, you start to see yourself in that future. Your body uh, gets the sampling of the emotions of that reality. So let's, let's talk about that. I, I see myself in this beautiful home that God has laid up for me. And oh my gosh, it feels so good. And, and, and I'm so excited because the kids have this big backyard and there's swings and there's a pool. Oh my God, my life, it's so amazing. And you're feeling it. But when are you feeling it? You're feeling it now. In this now moment, you're feeling celebration of a future thing, but you're feeling it now. So all of a sudden you start through magnetic signal of your heart bringing your future into your present. Now if you can maintain that energy, if you can maintain that drive, if you can maintain that place, all of a sudden you're going to see your future self that you wish for becoming your present self that you live in. Does that make sense? You got to, but it's discipline. And you can't just do it one time. How long did it take you to get messed up? A lot of years. Okay. So it's going to take a little while, but you got to be consistent. Consistent. Oh, I tried that once and it doesn't work. I've heard that so many times. Once you tried it and it didn't work. We've got to change the way we do things. So once we change the way we do things, we're going to see new experiences in our life. The moment you start to do the, see yourself in the future, you, your body gets a sampling of the emotions of that reality and you start to create your future. 
Then you write down the negative thoughts. Now, here's the key, and this is what's going to happen. As soon as you start to see yourself, you're going to get attacked. You're going to get attacked. You must replace the old pictures of the past with new visions. You see, in order to see it in your life, you must feel it first. You must teach your body emotionally to feel these new emotions. Is this scriptural? You know, well, here's what's going to happen. Now I'm thinking about it. And then your, your, your mind is going to go, well, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, I remember those things. I remember those things. Well, you know what we did? In Vita Church, in the, in the website, in under media, and <clears throat> I'm telling you where it is, under media, it, you go down to media scroll, the bottom of the page, it says it lies and truths, and click on that, and there's about 150 lies that Satan will tell you at that point with three scriptures to counter that lie. Three scriptures to counter that lie. So if you have the tool that when that comes to your mind and you go back and you counter it with three scriptures, now you're in peace, you're positive. Your, your wavelengths are positive, if that makes sense. You know, Peter did it, right? I mean, Peter denied Jesus three times, right? And what did he have to do? He had to say how much he loved him three times to counter and cancel out the three times he denied him. And we got to do the same thing. I'm giving you a tool. It's on the Vita Church website, under media. Scroll down to lies and truths. And it'll help you a lot when you're going through and doing this exercise. And I think that's all I've got to say because uh, there's a lot of nerdly stuff that we talked about today. I, uh, I hope I didn't leave you in the dust. I, uh, I hope that you got something out of this. And I hope it empowers you to understand that you can change the reality you live in based on the thoughts and the intents of your heart. You know, the big thing is, and let me get the last slide up. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's not it. Oh, I don't, I don't have time for that. But... Leave your phone alone. That's what I want to say. When you get up in the morning, the first thing a lot of people do is they grab their cell phone. Don't touch it for an hour. Why? Because all of a sudden you grab your phone, now you are, you're, you're seeing everything that's getting ready. You form your energy now is about yesterday, about all the things. All of a sudden you start to act just like you did yesterday. The chemical release is just like you did yesterday. And all you've done is repeat yesterday, tomorrow. Leave the phone alone. Finally, no more cause and effect. You cause the effect. Remember, if you're waiting for something to happen, you are not creating, you're being created upon. The moment you felt the emotion of your future self, you were giving your body a taste of the future. You are now reprogramming it. You are now empowered by your choices. And... Take that for what it's worth. Love you guys, and I hope you utilize it. Thank you.